0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out To Be Podcast. My guest for today's episode is Tara Brisky. She is a vocal coach and a mentor for fellow musicians around the world, helping them to book gigs through her booking course, Getting the Gig, Four Weeks to Book Like a Boss, and her membership program, The Booking Table. But she's also a vocal coach, and she has a podcast called The Engaging Voice Podcast. And today, we are going to talk about the voice and how our mindset can greatly affect how we show up, how we perform, and how our singing actually is. So... If you are looking for tips to overcome any mindset blocks that come up while you are performing, practicing, or going to try something new when it comes to singing and your voice, this is the perfect episode for you. Tara is an expert at this. We have a really fun discussion today. And... I know you are just going to love it. So take a listen. And when you're done, be sure to screenshot this episode, share it with anyone you think it might help, and share it with us on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Katie Zuccardi, and Tara at Tara Brisky Music and let us know what your favorite part is. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Tara, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hey, Katie. Thank you. It's so nice to be here live. (laughs) It is. So we became fast friends, I think through Instagram. I can't remember exactly how, but I'm so glad that we are connected and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today because it is going to be a very, very special episode. So before we dive in, tell our listeners a little bit more about you and what you do.
1: Sure. I am a full-time musician. I have been for um, over 25 years, which sounds crazy to me now, but it's worked. So that's a cool thing. Yeah, And um, I I grew up singing in in a singing family. And then as I've been an adult, um, I've had kind of three different parts of my business, my music business. Mostly it's been singing through the years and then doing some teaching, like vocal coaching and a little bit of piano. And then in the last couple of years, I've also added the title of Booking mentor, just helping other musicians book gigs, and um, yeah, just really my whole heart is in the coaching part, whether it's voice or gigs, is just to help people be more healthy in who they are and how they see things, and knowing that things are possible.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we're gonna have to have you back on to talk about the booking part of things, but today <laughs> we're gonna focus on vocal health, and in particular, yes. mindset. So I yes. think by now, a lot of people listening you know, to this podcast are singers. And mm-hmm. even if they're not, they know that physicality is super important to singing. That's kind of a pretty well-known fact, I think. But yeah. we don't often think about our mindset. So why is it important to not just think about how your body impacts your voice, but also how your mind does?
1: Well, believe it or not, even just with the actual production of sound or pitch, I mean, that actually starts in our mind in the first place. We don't think about that, but that is a thought. Like we think a pitch and we do it. So that, that's yeah, a that's first a good, thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, not, even, that's not even mindset, but it, it is the truth. You know, it's right. not like when you play an instrument, you push something or you blow into something and, that's, and something comes out. But, um, but the, I think the other thing is just the way that our body feels. Like if we're stressed, if we're um, feeling fearful, if we're tired, all those things can then cause us to have sort of a negativity towards singing. Singing is so vulnerable because it's, in you know, it's like it's your body. You can't walk away from your voice. I can walk away from the piano, yeah, but I can't. I cannot walk away from my voice. And so yeah. how I view my voice that day, um, and if you're tense or you're stressed or you're thinking negative thoughts, that's actually gonna make the muscles, it's gonna make the physicality of your body stressed as well. Right. So then all kinds of things come in with tension and maybe not getting enough breath
0: or just you, you psych yourself out actually. Yeah, <laughs> well, wow, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think that's really interesting because the first thing that you mentioned is kind of the obvious, which is like when you get stressed or maybe when you're tired, your shoulders might slump and you might be mm-hmm. like, you know, not have great posture and stuff like that. And of course that's going to impact how you sing. Cause then you can't really like use your diaphragm as strongly. You can't right. really like open up your chest cavity and your lungs as, as well. So that's just one small thing. But the mm-hmm. other thing I, I like that you mentioned in the beginning was, you know, when we don't feel well mentally mm-hmm. or physically, we feel it both ways. And I know. For a lot of people on who listen to this podcast who either struggle with anxiety or depression, mm-hmm. any other mental health things, or just struggle with physical health, like myself as well. Like I'm always yes. trying to make myself feel better from migraines and allergies and things like that. And I know that mentally when I don't feel good or I think I don't feel well or I'm getting stressed out about feeling better and like, oh, I really want to feel better so that I can do this it doesn't even have to do solely with how I feel physically. It's all in the mindset and that can make it better or worse. There have been plenty of days where I feel good out of the blue because I'm really excited about something that's coming up, right? And then plenty of days where you just get overly frustrated about how bad you feel or how you're worried about feeling bad and it makes it so much worse. So being cognizant of those things is such a simple place to start, I think, about like it's not just about taking care of your body, but it's also about taking care about how you think about your body and how- Yes, you it's think a perception.
1: Up. Yeah. It's like how you are actually perceiving yourself. How do you even perceive your voice that day? And I know yeah. what you say too, like I get migraines a lot. And so on those days, I just feel tired. And so then I, I don't even almost attempt like trying to practice or something. I mean, sometimes I can't anyway because of the pain. Right, yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's like how then I approach the practice. Am I just saying, well, I feel like crap, so it's going to sound like crap. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's that that
0: mindset shift. Yeah, Well, I'm not, it's not shifted. It's there. Yeah. So that leads us into kind of the next big part, which is what are the biggest mindset obstacles you see singers needing to work through? I imagine when they have that initial thought of like, oh, I feel like crap, so I'm going to sound like crap. That can sort of spiral out of control and become a pattern, <laughs> right? Which is right. not really what we want. But what are some other big mindset obstacles that you see holding people back from really being able to sing with confidence and of course, being able to sing well to the best of their Mm -hmm. abilities. I think um,
1: I I was thinking about this the other night, but I kind of came up with three main ones that I've seen a lot through the years. And one of them is this tendency towards perfection. And making sure that they're sounding a certain way, like that people's thought processes, well, I should be sounding like this. Whatever they're thinking is going to go in that filter of I need to be, you know, have this perfectionism in my singing. Right. I think I think the second thing is actually has to do with, and I've struggled with this sometimes, is overthinking something or mm-hmm. analyzing too much. Mm-hmm. And then, and and what happens is it, it's, um, the mind is trying to control, actually, we're trying to control our singing and that can get in the way. Like that's a huge thing that there's not a trusting of the singing. So that's something else I've seen with a lot of people that it's just this, it, it, ha- it has to be this way or like, I need to think through this before I actually do it. Right. And, and it stops me sometimes. Um, and then the third thing I think is just the people to, well, may, this could be all of us at different points, but thinking that I don't, I don't even want to try this because I've already made an assumption that I'm going to sound not good, or I don't have the ability to do it. And so I'm just not even going to try. It's just, you know, like, so you, you've already, because I've seen this with students, sometimes I'll come to a lesson and I'm going to ask them to do something and, and I can tell they're resistant, like, well, why should I do that? Like, what's that going to help? And I think those are the three things that, I mean, there's more, but those are the ones I've come across a lot in teaching, especially.
0: Yeah. So let's dig into those. So the first one, perfectionism, how -hmm. do you see that showing up? Is it thoughts like, I'm just not good enough, or I need to keep practicing. This isn't, this is, you know, I need to get better. Like, how do you see that mostly manifesting in the thought pattern? And then how does it impact people and like really hold them back?
1: I think it's in that, as you said, not good enough. There's something within, and it also has to do with the perfectionism. I find that it has to do kind of with their whole identity. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I dig deeper into that. But yeah, they, they become, um, they have this picture in mind again of what they're supposed to sound like. And so if they sound any different, they're already down on themselves for something. Um, they may even not practice something. They may. I, I know I've had some students where if I give them something, they just, because they can't get it perfect, they actually just give up. They just give up on the song Mm -hmm. or they give up um, because it's not meeting their perfectionistic
0: needs. Right. (laughs) Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I think it's funny that you say the people who are striving for this or struggle with this, they will either give up or they'll just like not practice because they don't want to confront with the fact (laughs) that it's not perfect (laughs) enough. When in reality, those two things are what would help you to get Mm. further and closer to that. So where do you think this is like the most damaging and what can we do to overcome this when it hits, when we feel like, Oh my gosh, like I, this just isn't good enough. I need to get better. I really feel like I'm not hitting these notes. I'm not ever going to hit these notes. And if I don't do it perfectly, then there's no point. Where do we go from there? Mm I
1: think the, the, the starting point is even to ask yourself like what, not that we always do this, but if we can just stop so often we need to just stop the thought pattern, like say, okay, wait, <laughs> just wait. And then, um, to think about like, why do you actually need to sound perfect? Like what, what's your why, why is that so big to you? And what does perfection actually look like to you? Do you have something in mind? Do you have somebody's voice in mind that you're comparing yourself to? Um, And then, I mean, just to continue to ask those questions of, you know, even to say like, okay, if I don't like what I'm hearing, what, what, what don't I like about it? And what also then can I combat? This would be a combat thing of like, well, what do I like about my voice? Right. Sometimes we have to also start from there. And it, again, it's hard to do that even to ask the question sometimes because we're just thinking thoughts really quickly. And, and I have this thing of like, whenever we do stop and ask questions, I ask them out loud because sometimes when they're in inner head A thought goes by so fast and then we assume that that thought is truth. And then if we speak it out loud, we'll hear ourselves say it and think, well, that's kind of doesn't make sense or that's not logical or that's, you know, so you kind of defunct it or something. I mean, like you, you break it apart because you're realizing when you hear it said, this isn't actual truth. Like if you even say to yourself, well, what does perfection look like? Like just say it out loud to yourself or what don't I like about my voice? I mean, that's scary to do, but it's also, you you have to get sort of to the root of it, which I always think is fear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I really like the idea of confronting it. I think that I love saying things out loud whenever I'm anxious or whenever I just want to get amped up, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. I feel like kind of chanting and talking to yourself (laughs) might look a little crazy if we're out in public, but it really does help because, you know, in this vein that we're talking about, like the vocality of it and like really feeling it in your throat, it becomes a lot more real and you can really start to embody it from there. No surprise. And so I (laughs) like the idea of like, not just keeping it in your head, but, vocalizing it. Like here you are Mm -hmm. trying to get perfect in your voice. Now try to vocalize what is this? And then you kind of have to come face to face with what you're really telling yourself.
1: Exactly. What do
0: I not love about my voice? You might ask yourself that question and then be like, what am I talking about? I do love my voice. Or I'm just frustrated because I feel like I maybe don't have the breath support to hit this note or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. And it will give you a much clearer answer as to the tangible things you can work towards to get where you're going. Or just come to the realization that maybe you're just being a little hard on yourself and maybe you can give yourself the grace to push through it with ease and move through it and yes. not have to worry so much about whatever outcome it is, which, you know, would answer the question that like you said, what does even perfection look like? What does that even mean mm-hmm. to you? And those are really, really important questions to ask so that you don't get stuck in this like spiral of self-doubt mm-hmm. and negativity when as you're striving towards perfectionism.
1: Yeah. And I think even as I I like when you were just talking about that now too, of giving yourself some grace or whatever, because even in our practice times, I found this where, you know, maybe I don't, I have a day where things aren't working as well. And to remind myself, like literally again, speak out loud and just say, Hey, maybe this didn't sound as good as it has other days, but you know what? This is just one day, like to give yourself grace to know that another day can be different too. And don't, you know, the fact that you even take the time to sing, you should be cheering that you did that step and and to to combat that negativity with like, wait a minute, I I actually did this. Sure. It didn't go great. I, you know, cause I would think that every athlete who's out there that's performing, you know, and, and doing playing sports, especially I think of like Olympians, but it's like, you know, you know, they have days that are just stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and their and their bodies may not do what they want them to do, and yeah. so it's just allowing ourselves to be human, and to realize like, yeah, if you're tired one day, you aren't gonna probably sing with the same breath support or whatever that you have on days where you're feeling great.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I one last note that comes to mind before I move on to the second mindset set obstacle. But back last year, so this was probably like. September, August of last year. So last summer, I had gone a while without singing professionally without performing. So, you know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm always singing, but Mm -hmm. for many, many years I was singing so consistently. And even without voice lessons, my voice got really, really strong. Like I could Mm -hmm. without warming up, I could do a lot. I could sing my songs, which are pretty challenging easily. And then I got to the point last year where I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this anymore. My voice feels weak. I don't like listening to myself. Like, mm-hmm. I would sing normal songs that I have been able to sing in the past, and it would just sound like shit, like, to be honest. And it would feel like shit because I would listen and just be like, this is really depressing. Like, <laughs> what's happening? Oh, yeah. And eventually, I – put the, I challenged myself like, okay, what's going on here? I'm challenging mm-hmm. myself to perform a show. And I know that I can't do this alone. Like I am in bad shape in order for me to sound good. I need to get help. So I got a vocal coach and we worked intensely for like about a month period. And by the end of it, I was like back to pretty much normal again. But the reason I want to tell this story is because I think there's a difference right between like, perfectionism where you're already at the top and you're just pushing yourself so, so hard to like do 0.01% better, Mm -hmm. which is pointless because like you said, every day is going to be different anyway. You just need Mm -hmm. to, I think that causes stress and that's going to actually make you perform worse. And instead relaxing into it will make you perform better. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But then there's a flip side of it, which was where I was at where I was like, okay, from a logical standpoint, we can acknowledge here that right. I can sing better. I am not where I need to be or where I can be in mm-hmm. order to like feel really confident performing. And so then I just had to acknowledge what are the steps I need to take to get there. And those are the two differences. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't know, like it's maybe it's not perfectionism, but like I really want to do better take note of where you are at. Like, are you just trying to get super, super specific and fix these like really, really niche things and, you know, over kind of goes into overthinking, but like overthinking exactly how you can make this hundred percent perfect. Or are you genuinely at a point where you're like, I know I can improve. And if that's Mm -hmm. the case, ask yourself what you need to do to get there
1: yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I did that too Katie a couple years ago, where I was feeling this is just even part of aging, where I thought, you know what, my voice doesn't feel quite as flexible as it did, or you know, and it wasn't about being perfect. It was just Ram. about saying, I just want to still be able to keep up. yeah, to keep my voice in shape. And, and so, have it yeah, feel easy. Exactly. And so I sought out a teacher and I've been taking again and it has like, it's, it's come back and it feels great, but it's, it's not about being perfect. It's just about that sense of like, yes, letting it be a joy to sing. And I think that's what I'm finding too. It's like, nope, this is just helping me so that I can do what I need to do and enjoy it.
0: Yeah. So this is great because you're definitely not feeling joy when you're starting to overthink things. So let's talk (laughs) about overthinking because I, I, I think that this is probably a major one that a lot of people, um, might, they may not experience it regularly, but if it comes up, especially if you have a big performance, right? Like that's when you might see it. If you're going out on stage, mm-hmm. if you're maybe singing a song that's more challenging than you've sung before, and you are really trying to make sure that everything goes right in that performance, that's when that overthinking can really sneak in. So tell us a little bit more about what this can look like.
1: Yeah, the, that- that analyzing to death, (laughs) I'll call it, um, again, analyzing in its, Healthy form can be a good thing because you're just trying to see what you can work on but when you're overthinking and trying to get everything so good or um, trying to control like you want to make sure you can control like every aspect of the situation the thing is even in performances you're not going to be able to control every aspect I've had where I've gone into a performance and you know like somebody else is running a sound system and all of a sudden they're running the sound quieter than I would like or then I can't hear myself and so I have to adjust now if I get really freaked out by that, you know, that's going to affect how I sing. I sing tense and I'm tired, all of that. But I think with this control is just to be able to willing, be willing to trust what you already know and, and stop you know, stop trying to think ahead to the situation, but just trust that what you've done, the practice you've done, especially if it's a performance, you've already rehearsed, you've already gotten things ready. You can only do so much. And then you have to trust in the moment that it's going to come. And one of the things I actually do, this is sort of a practical thing in like when, when you're warming up, um, I will do exercises where I just allow myself to play. <laughs> and with that in mind, it's even doing things like, if you're thinking of like sound, like maybe somebody's focused on sound and they just don't like exactly how they're sounding in a certain section of their voice. Well, I'll do things where I'll exaggerate it. Like, let's just say I take a vowel and go, instead of just singing like ee, I go e, or I stay like e, you know, make it really nasal. And I'm just trying to play around so that I let my voice kind of do whatever the heck it wants. <laughs> and then be able to go, okay, let it you know you know what it's like to sing something just trust it and trust in the moment and don't hesitate because i think even in singing like if believe it or not if we're in a concert and we say to ourselves like there's a song coming that's really difficult to sing or something and you say i don't know if i can do that i guarantee you you won't because you've already put that thought in your mind and so Mm -hmm. it's made tension in your voice Mm
0: -hmm. there has
1: to be a willingness to say I trust that I have the tools to do what I need to do and then let it go.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh man, and what's interesting is that even though we're talking about this as a mindset block, which it is, because like you said, Mm -hmm. you have the thought first before, like your body most likely is not thinking, oh no, we can't do this because your body has that muscle memory. Your body Mm -hmm. can do this assuming you have truly practiced enough. Right, you know, and you know how to sing. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) even though it's a mindset problem so to say or it starts in the mindset rather it manifests physically i think more so than it would even manifest in the mind so while you might have like a crazy thought pattern that's kind of going running wild and and is really moving through your head quickly as far as like oh my gosh what's happening next can i do this yes. i hope i get through this that kind of thing your body is going to tense up and that's what's going to stop you from doing it. Because yes. as I was listening to you describe this already, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like clenching up. Like I'm getting stressed <laughs> out. What's going to happen? Like, <laughs> and that's how you feel. And when you feel that way and when you don't feel relaxed at on stage, you are not going to be able to sing well. Like then it goes back to the physicality that we all know of what your body supports you through when you're singing and how to make the most of that and if your mind is stressed then your body's stressed and if your body's stressed yeah you're not going to do it to the best of your ability so what do we do if we're if you're someone's on stage and yeah. they think oh my gosh i don't know if i can do this i feel like i really need to um be five steps ahead and i'm always thinking about the note that's coming next and i'm really just trying to make sure that i'm like super over articulating and over singing and things like that How do we get away from that so that we can kind of just go back to that? Like we've been talking about ease and flow and trust that it's just going to come.
1: I've I found for myself there's kind of two things that I do. One is that because our minds can work so quickly, I will literally tell myself, "You got this." Like just in the moment, even, even as I'm singing. I know that sounds a little weird, but you know, our minds can, especially for women, we can multitask. And but the other thing is, I encourage people, especially if you're at a concert, to then start focusing on your audience. Get the thought off yourself because you're singing for people. Think about how you are connecting with them. You know, look at somebody, smile, observe the people and think about how you're giving to them or how you want to emote the song. Don't focus on all the things of like, oh, but I should be doing this or this or this because then the tension remains on yourself and you will continue to get stressed. But if you focus on what you're giving to them, I mean, that's a it 's It is a mind thing it 's a shift of saying, I yeah. care about this audience and i 'm going to see how I can serve you today. Mm-hmm. It relaxes your body and it even gives you sort of compassion for your audience, which always produces good things <laughs>
0: right I had a, um, I was on a group call once with a couple of my clients, and one of my clients had brought up this idea that she was not really enjoying her shows because they were becoming really stressful for her, and what she meant by that was... Every time she would sing a song, she would constantly be analyzing it as she went. So she'd be singing and playing a song. And as she was doing this, she would be analyzing, analyzing, analyzing. That wasn't good enough. We need to fix this. This arrangement isn't strong. You need to get better at playing piano. Literally as she's going. So this is, I think, a perfect example of what this can look like. So it might look like you, you know trying so hard vocally or over-articulating or whatever it might be that it just kind of is stressful in your body and it doesn't come out with ease. But it could also look like, like we said, that really fast, crazy thought pattern where your thoughts are just kind of spiraling out of control and you're trying to focus on the music. You might genuinely be trying to focus in, but you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot shut it down. I don't know what to do. Like once it starts, it just keeps going. And Mm -hmm. a few other people in the group when we were talking about this came out and said, yeah, I can relate with that. I... I've had that happen too. And so what I, was, what I asked all of them was, do you ever talk to the audience during your sets? And most of them were like, honestly, no. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll introduce a song and you all do like very basic stage banter, but no. And I challenged them all. I said, when you get back on stage next talk to the audience. And especially when something like that happens, turn to the audience, not in the middle of the song, obviously, unless you can, but like (laughs) in the breaks between songs and just be genuine, use them as a crutch almost, but like use them as a way to really engage with people because engaging with people and talking will get you out of your own head. You do not have to sit there on stage and be like, Hey guys, I'm really stressed out right now. No, no, no. But you can just say, right. All right, how's everyone doing tonight? And ask them a question and do something yes. that will get audience response so that you can form a connection, but more importantly, get out of your own head. So I really your like head. that you said that because I've seen that in practice with my own clients too. And they came back to me and they were like, Yeah, it actually helped. Of course, you need you know, it takes practice and really getting used to it and shutting down that pattern and feeling mm-hmm. super comfortable engaging with the audience in the first place. But I think audience, huge, huge help in getting out of that, that mindset.
1: Oh, and I love that, and you're right. In fact, I had two situations in the last year alone where like, one was literally just last week. I was starting a song and realized I was in the wrong key. And I just, I just stopped and said, oops, wrong key. I guess I better start again. Yeah. And so I did. And, and the thing is, you guys, people don't care when you're upfront and you're honest, they actually love that because they see you as being real Mm -hmm. and, but then you can connect with them. Or like one other time I had, literally I was playing on this keyboard that had like a stand that was connected to the keyboard but you could pull it in and out and while i was singing a song the thing crashed to the floor oh, no. it just crashed with all my music <laughs> and everything and i i stopped the song and i got up and i picked it all up put it back and then i got talking to the audience and i said well you guys i was just trying to see if you were awake you know like, <laughs> that's if, funny if, if you turn it into a joke or you just Acknowledge your humanness or that things happen, Mm -hmm. they're so with you. Like the audience actually wants to support you. And I think we forget that as musicians too when we're singing. We have all this built up in our head of what we should sound like. And remember, you're giving a live performance to people that is a gift to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, at my last show, there was this one song where I literally played the wrong chord going from the chorus to the bridge so you know it was a transition time not something you could just kind of pass over and it was like so wrong like I don't even know what happened to the point where it. I just had to stop and just be like okay well I guess I was gonna fuck it up at some time but this is when and then later on like before the song ended my pick flew out of my hand (laughs) my guitar pick literally flew out of my hand I'm not joking Tara I just turned to the audience and I was like I guess that song just doesn't want to be played. So we're going to move on now. And everyone laughed. Like, nobody, nobody's sitting there. And I could have, like, I had a few songs left, right? I had the yeah. option then to be like, ah, you ruined the whole show. Everything's over. But instead, I just laughed about it. And I was like, whatever. It's done. That's how the song went. It's fine. I don't really give a shit. Let's move on. And it breaks the tension in
1: the room. You guys, if there's any kind of tension even in the audience, because you're feeling that way, it's actually just lets them relax too. So you've helped to put them at ease. And then like Katie said, you're out of your head finally. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And me saying that instead of just saying nothing or saying, oops, or being like, ah, sorry guys, that helps me. Because if I said any of those other things, then I would be in my head thinking, what should I have said? Oh my gosh, should I address this? Oh my gosh, what are they thinking? And nobody has time for that. You as a performer don't have time for that and you don't want to waste your energy on those things. So talk to the audience, moral of the story. (laughs) true. All right. So let's move on to that last mindset obstacle.
1: Okay. That's, and that's where I talked about just this assumption that someone's actually not capable, so they don't even really want to try something. Mm-hmm. And, and I find that more in um, lessons maybe versus a performance. But what I found is that it's this fear of looking stupid or fear of sounding in a way that they think is going to make them look bad. And all of that is kind of shame-based. And I don't think, we don't always see it as shame-based, you know, but it's, I think that's where it starts. And again, that can come because of different things, you know, any kind of patterns we have in our head, usually there's some place either in our childhood or growing up where something got put there. And then we just kind of dwell on that. So, you know, if somebody, I remember having a student coming to a, an adult student coming to one of my vocal classes, and she was so worried because someone had told her that she just shouldn't sing at all. And she actually had quite a lovely voice, but because someone told her that yeah, it was like, I'm not capable. Mm. And so, um, I think that's, that's one that's really hard, but what I like to think of again is just when there's a a fear of something, of trying things that are out of your comfort zone in a lesson, like in a safe place. Um, And if any of you are even teachers where you coach people and you get people like that, just be so gentle with them and and play with them and and do it with them. That's the other thing I'm finding is to come alongside people. Like I might even have them do an exercise where we're doing body movement while we're singing Mm -hmm. and um, just to get them to be okay with like, okay, I guess I'm willing to try. And I've had that with students. Like I remember a student last year I had where she was kind of like, okay, like she, I said, can you move your hand like this? You know, like I'm throwing my arm out and she just kind of barely moved her little hand. And I said, all right, I'm going to do this with you. And, and then she was more willing to even try in the moment. Cause it's, it's that fear of um, it's taking a risk for something that we may not do well in. And for some people that's really, it's, it's actually been hard for me at times too. Like if there's something I'm not like, I'm not a great downhill skier. I know you just went skiing.
0: I did just go skiing.
1: (laughs) But, but because I learned as an adult and I've never gotten good at it, but I enjoy it just because I want to try it. And it's a fun, fun exercise. Yeah. So I think there's just that that willingness to take a risk, which is really scary for people. But I think that's where it's going to start that willingness to say, okay, I, I guess I will try.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because when you were talking at first, I was like, oh my gosh, this so is not me. Like I will, I have some weird cockiness in my head that I believe I could just sing anything if I like truly really tried, you know, right. except for yep. like maybe extremely, extremely high notes. Cause I am not a soprano, but like even I can go pretty high and get pretty operatic in almost like a theatrical way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can hit that. And then you go into your like fake opera voice kind of thing. And it's like <laughs> a joke, but whatever. Right. I always feel like I'm up for a challenge in that way. But when you started talking about waving your hands, I'm like, oh, that's totally where I shut down. Like I am pretty friendly with my body. I mean, I'm a yoga instructor. I oh, do sure. all this stuff, but Um, when it comes to somebody else being like, okay, will you try it now where you like have your hands on your face, like a fish, or will you try it now where you're like, like you said, kind of like doing Mm -hmm. like a circular motion with your arms,
1: with your arms. Usually
0: I'll do it, but I'll often have that initial resistance of like, I don't want to do that. That's like me kind of looking silly. So what do you do? Like I said, usually for me, just because I acknowledge it and, um, I I happen to be able to make that shift quickly, but what do you recommend for people who get stuck in that? Like, uh, I don't, I really don't want to do that. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to look down. Do I just half-ass it? Do I say no? Do I just do it? Like how can we make a quick mindset shift so that we can push ourselves out of our comfort zones and do what is somewhat challenging for us so that we can really move to the next level?
1: I think for people when, when they're not, comfortable with something, they have to ask themselves the question of what, what is it worth it to me to mm. risk something? What is it worth it? Because like, do I want to stay here? Am I comfortable with staying where I'm at? And like, because, okay. So I had a student one time, an adult student who was kind of unwilling to try things or she just would always say, well, why do you want me to do that? <laughs> and, <funny>. you know, <laughs> and she did. And I, and I'd have to explain where I knew I wanted to get her, which sometimes I will say this again, if you're a teacher, if you do explain something, take the time you're hearing them, which is good. But yeah, I think it's just being able to um, ask yourself what it's worth for you to want to actually sing or want to get better or what's it worth it to you to get through a performance where you feel like um, you're not going to be, afraid to do something. Mm -hmm. Like are are you willing to risk that? I, I don't know. It's I mean that's a hard one, but I do think if if you're also in a place where you're singing, maybe just have a friend with you. If you can find a singing friend and do stuff with them and or ask them to listen to you. I mean, I know that's vulnerable and scary, but sometimes we the feedback that we'll get and I'm talking about a close friend, not someone who's just um we, we need to get feedback from people that is encouraging. I'm probably not really answering that, but
0: <laughs> so if you like as a vocal coach, let's say that I'm your student and you're my coach and mm-hmm. I you're telling me do the hand thing and I'm in my head thinking, I don't really want to do that. Like that makes me feel uncomfortable. Like I this is out of my comfort zone what would you recommend I say to you? Like, what would you want to hear as a coach? Would you want me to say that makes me feel uncomfortable or why do I have to do that? Or I don't know. I don't feel good about this. Like, what are things that I, as a student, um, can vocalize to make sure that I'm actually working through what's coming up instead of just letting it paralyze me?
1: I love that. And I would say, yes, is to ask the question or, sorry, to answer in the way that says, I'm I'm scared of this, or this seems stupid to me, or this feels kind of weird or crazy. Sometimes I will ask my students that, like if I feel a resistance from them, I'll say, Mm does this just seem stupid or silly? And if they say yes, it's like, okay, well, how about if we try this? Yeah. Would this seem as silly to you? Yeah. And so I think being able to vocalize something of what you're feeling or just that I really don't want to do this, that even helps the teacher sometimes to be able to say, is there a reason why you don't? You know, And to ask for the questions of like, yeah, does it feel funny to you? Right. Um, Do you feel, because sometimes I I have found that even as a teacher, you get to the bottom of something and you realize that it's because of a situation that happened in the past too, where they're not, they were uncomfortable. They felt
0: embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So if you're like trying to hit a note or even I've had where in warm-ups it just doesn't feel good. Like I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something and then I feel like I'm doing it wrong. And then if I'm Mm -hmm. doing it wrong, then there's no way for me to do it right. I just, Won't ever know how to do this thing. Where in reality, it might just be that you need a little bit more clarification of like, what are we trying to accomplish here? Am I doing this right? It doesn't feel good. And because Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel good, I'm thinking I cannot do this ever. But really, it might be just a simple change of like, how do we make this exercise work for you? Or how do we pick another exercise that's going to get you where you want to go and does feel good and it doesn't feel like it's not working?
1: Yeah. I th- I think when, um you know, when someone's in the moment where they don't want to try something, even like singing wise, it can be because they feel like they haven't gotten there before. Like again, with this mm-hmm. adult student I had, she didn't, I was like taking her up the scale and I knew she could go further and yeah. she just stopped. Cause she's like, well, I can't go further than that.
0: Mm. And
1: so she had already decided in her brain. And so, you know, I, I think I just had a conversation of like, um well, how about, you know, what would it look like for you to have what do you consider an ugly sound? Or what do you consider, like, could you just sing the part that you think is really ugly? Like, how do, how do you think it would sound if you got higher? Or could you describe that to me? Just to get a feel for where they're going in their minds with it. Of, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's like sometimes, and I've had students even purposefully, I'll tell them, can you just sing ugly for me? Like, can you just sing what you think is ugly? you know, I, w- I don't want you to sound pretty on this. Yeah. And then it gives them permission to try something that they know they're not going to be judged on it because I've said to sing ugly.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I know there's a lot of um, people listening to this podcast who are musicians, artists, singers, performers, And who might also teach vocal coaching to people? Um, Mm -hmm. So whether you teach this and you can use that little hack or whether you are just doing this yourself, I love the idea of like just challenging yourself of like, I'm just going to do this bad. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it bad. And like I'm committing to doing it terribly or bad, ugly, whatever it is. Just to get there, just to push yourself out of that zone that you're in, out of that mindset block that you're in, and then from there, you can just keep getting better. You can see, all right, well, actually that didn't sound too bad. Or mm, maybe it did sound really bad. So what did, what do I need to do in order to like get a little bit closer to that? Or maybe I'm just saying right now that's off limits, but I know that I can do all this other stuff and I'll get there when I feel like I'm ready. Yeah. That's okay too. Right. But you just don't want to scare yourself out of doing everything because you can't do one thing.
1: Yeah. Or because you haven't one time. Right. Exactly. You know? Because the other thing is, I always tell a student when we do, like they go out of their capability, what they think is like, oh, I didn't know I could hit that note. Or I didn't know I could, you know, hold that phrase that long or whatever. It's, I always remind them, look, if you can do it one time, your body's capable of it. Yeah. So even if it doesn't do it every time, it's still capable. And you can always know that that's possible now for you. But yeah, I think it's important to allow ourselves to get messy with it, if you want to say it that way. Mm And to, and even to record ourselves sounding ugly, because even sometimes what I find is students will play it back and then go, Oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. I'll say, well, can you get uglier? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And just so that they're aware of like, actually what they're singing is pretty decent because, and they just, like I said, they're going through their own filter of their mind of what they've perceived it as.
0: Well, this has been so amazing, Tara. Thank you so much for sharing all of this wisdom with us today on the pod. Where can we stay connected with you and work with you?
1: Um, best place to, well, there's a couple of places, but really the best place you can go to my website, tarabriskie.com. It's T-A-R-A. B r u e s k e looks like Brusky, but we pronounce it Brisky, like a brisk day.
0: <laughs> okay, I've actually been pronouncing it wrong then, so now That's have okay. to fix it. <laughs> Most people do. Um, but and and the thing is, if with voice
1: too, I also have a podcast on the voice called The Engaging Voice, so you can find that on you know Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all of that. So I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, um, Tara Brisky Music. So those are all places you can connect with me. And, and I love connecting with people. So feel free to do that.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Tara, for coming on today.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Katie. I so appreciate it.